1995, researchers astonished the medical community with evidence that childhood trauma is closely correlated with major chronic health conditions. Still though, too many providers lack basic working knowledge of complex PTSD. They don't have enough knowledge sufficient to provide appropriate guidance and care. Now this problem is very personal to me. Time and time again, doctors have missed opportunities for intervention around the classic signs of complex PTSD in me, going back to when I was a little kid. Back then, they didn't know about the effects of trauma and how that showed up clinically. But now we know. And this is a video from my archive called 12 Things I Wish My Doctor Understood. And it comes with tools that you can take to the doctor next time, or if you are a doctor or clinical professional, that you can use to study and better understand what the symptoms of childhood trauma look like in adults. Most doctors out there still don't get it about the effects of childhood trauma. And a lot of clinical professionals think they get it. They've gone to training about how to be trauma-informed, and that's all good. But for too long, the understanding of what childhood PTSD is has been defined and limited because it's all from the outside perspective. They never asked us to the table. I want to say with the strength and clarity in me that comes from my healing, what I couldn't say when I was struggling with my trauma symptoms. There are a lot of assumptions shaping the clinical understanding of childhood trauma and how it plays out over the course of our lives. And I'm here to just bust those assumptions and talk about how it really is, because I'm hoping it will wake some people up to learn the science and listen to patients and make a difference in the lives of people who desperately need it. Now, I've been lucky to recover mostly from my trauma symptoms. It's taken basically all my life so far. And from time to time, I still get triggered or kind of go off the rails of my healed state. And I'm pretty good at getting back on the rails, but it's only in the last few years that I knew that anyone really knew that the anxious, flustered, foggy, emotional state of mind that I used to live with so much of the time is directly a symptom of the hard experiences I had as a kid. Now, if you're new to my story, I use the term childhood PTSD, which is a more specific way of talking about complex PTSD or CPTSD. And that's the kind that comes from chronic exposure to extreme stress and trauma, as opposed to the acute kind that we associate with, you know, combat veterans and um, maybe people who are in, in an accident or something. So most people with CPTSD developed it as kids and obviously not all kids exposed to trauma are going to develop CPTSD. So I like the term childhood PTSD because virtually everyone knows what I'm talking about, even if they don't know all the clinical terminology. And it's the way that we get affected long-term, the way we still get triggered as an adult by what happened to us when we were kids. Now it doesn't happen that often anymore, but one place where I almost always got triggered with my trauma symptoms is when I visited the doctor. And I could never even put this into words before, but now that my life is all about teaching other people how to heal from what happened when they were kids, I wanna express what I wish my doctors, all the doctors of my life, had understood about the effects of childhood trauma and about me, okay? So to be fair, 
there's a reason that they didn't get it. The true scope of the adult effects of early abuse and neglect were really poorly understood by everyone until recently, and there's still so much we don't know. So no one could know what it was exactly or how to treat it. But this is a fact. Every time I needed healthcare, my trauma played a role. Either it made me sick in the first place, or it caused chronic pain, or it kept me from healing, or it made it really challenging to care for myself. The classic signs of complex trauma were all there. Headaches, stomach problems when I was a kid, more serious problems as I got older. And I don't think it, I don't think I was an easy patient a lot of the time. I often didn't have great health care either. And the providers were always so busy and I was so prickly and intense. So I can hardly blame them, most of them, for having a hard time hearing me or for offering advice that was kind of off the mark. When I'm triggered, it's really hard for me to express myself, but I can express it all now. So here goes. To the pediatrician I saw when I was eight, when my mother's friend's parents made her take me in, and I was dirty and dehydrated and so sick with strep that I couldn't even sit up. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the antibiotic. You saved my life. But I wish that you had asked more questions about what was going on at home. How is it that the grown-ups left me with a fever for two weeks without seeing a doctor or getting a change of clothes? And when my little sister came into the room with us, did you notice the dirty fingernails that were, they were like a centimeter long and she was only three. And those infections on her skin were from her dirty nails when she scratched. And I know how hard it can be to connect what you're seeing in children with a mother who's smart and pretty and friendly and funny, but you're the only outsider who's going to see this and we're counting on you. I know you saw that she was drunk or high. It would have been hard for you not to see that. And maybe that's why you asked if everything was okay at home. Thank you for asking that. Thank you for trying. But don't you know that I had to say that everything was fine? She was standing right there. I was lying. I was afraid I'd get taken away from her. And I wish there were more ways to help families without taking kids away when everything was getting hard. And I wish you'd pressed a little harder or followed up or at least let me know that you knew that I, that I couldn't talk to you. And then there was the family planning clinic when I was in eighth grade. And I know you wanted me to feel safe and respected and feel that I could trust you and think of you as my cool friend. And you treated me how you would want to be treated, but you were an adult and I was just barely 14 and something was really wrong with this picture. And I'm sure you wanted to do whatever was necessary to help me avoid a pregnancy. And thank you for that. It worked, but I needed you to help me. <laughs> No one ever asked me what was going on, if I was really okay or safe. I was not okay. And I honestly expected when I came to the clinic that people would ask me about that. I was really nervous about it because I thought you might try to intervene, but no one intervened. No one even asked. No one said, hey, you don't have to do this, or hey, you're too young for this, or that guy is trouble and he doesn't care about you, or even asked if that might be how I felt about it. But there was no one to tell. There was no one to check in with me on that. I couldn't talk to my mom. And I was hoping that you'd open that conversation with me. Now, I've always tried to look normal at the doctor. It's just a habit, okay? It's a thing that people who had rough childhoods do. As a young adult, I was afraid 
all the time that people were thinking that I was trash. And so I'd dress up a little bit to go to the doctor. And as a younger adult, I always felt the need to hide what was going on in my life, the chaos, the relationship problems. So I want to tell my doctors now, don't assume just because I have clean clothes on that everything's fine. Don't assume that just because I look middle class, that everything's fine. And please don't assume that because I'm white, that everything is fine. Just like n none of us should assume things bad or good about people's lives because of their race or socioeconomic status. Every person you meet is different. And we each have our own story, our own problems, our own strengths. And not all of this is gonna show on the outside. Now, a lot of us who had a rough childhood were good at hiding what's really going on. Some people try to act tough. Some people try to act really cheerful, which is sometimes just a way of acting tough actually. But just remember that we're trying to blend in. I always tried to look competent and agreeable and I would have pulled it off almost all the time, except that that agreeable part was really hard to maintain. And I've done it and I've seen others do it. We're so nice and then bam, there's this big, occasional burst of just pure, mean, unreasonableness. And I'm sure you've been on the receiving end before, but just so you know, we're not doing it to give you a hard time. It is a brain thing. Now, when crazy stuff was going on at home, I was so afraid that I looked crazy or poor, which we were, or stupid, and I wasn't stupid. And I was afraid if you saw me looking, you know, ragged like this, that you wouldn't help me or listen to me. So I tried to seem important and I know it just came off as angry or arrogant, but honestly, our discussion had just brought up a lot of pain and my brain and my emotions were dysregulated and I couldn't pull it back. Once it comes up, you know, it's like, it's just coming out. But can you see why I was trying to put on a nice face? I was embarrassed about being broken like that. And even today when I'm too distressed inside to hear a word you say or remember how to take a medication, Please don't assume I don't care or label me as non-compliant. And maybe this is my pride speaking, but please don't assume that I'm ignorant. My brain just does this. And when I feel stressed, I, I kind of blank out. I get dysregulated. I feel numb and I can't think straight and I get clumsy and I overreact to things. So can I tell you what to do when that happens? Just hang out with me for a minute. Be present. Give me a minute, even though I know you don't even have a minute. <laughs> you, you have like negative minutes. I know you're behind schedule, but let me know that you see me and you hear me and you believe me about the little things I tell you. And then maybe if that goes well, I might feel like I can tell you the big things. So a couple years ago, when I was starting to develop a presence online with my crappy childhood fairy blog, I got this idea how great it would be if I could have a primary care doctor who knew about the effects of early trauma on health. And then I'd finally have a provider who understood the way my stuff can generate health problems and the way my healing can do amazing things to improve my health. I keep having miracles. I'm not a doctor or therapist, but in the last few years writing and making videos for people with childhood PTSD, I'm more convinced than I was when I started that it's really possible to change our lives in powerful ways using what we now know about the adult effects of abuse and neglect in childhood. And I don't think healthcare as a whole is keeping up with this. So it's really important that those of us who have experienced childhood trauma and suffered with it and found a way to heal despite a huge lack of professional help, 
that actually helped. It's so hard for us to have a place at the table, but it's time. It's time for us to be here to inform the direction that this new awareness now takes us. Now, in case you've never heard about it, you probably have, but I want to make sure every clinician and social service professional knows about the findings from the ACE study and that they connect it to a person like me and they don't just think it's some population problem out there in some community. The survey that was developed for this study, it's become kind of a standard measurement for what are now called adverse childhood experiences or sometimes positive and adverse childhood experiences because that needs to be acknowledged too is that positive experiences lead to resilience. Definitely true. It's helped to identify how these experiences correlate with our physical and mental health throughout our lives. Do you know about this study? It was created back in the 1990s by a couple of doctors, one from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, one from Kaiser Permanente, which is a massive health system, which is based very near where I happen to live, and I happen to get my health care there. So the ACE study was based on a survey with 10 questions about what you experienced as a child along the lines of abuse, neglect, exposure to violence, addiction, that kind of thing. Those are the adverse childhood experiences. Get it? ACEs, A-C-E. And your ACE score is how many out of those 10 actually happened to you while you were a kid. And I put a link to the survey below in the description section if you want to take that survey. So the original researchers whose names were Robert Anda and Vincent Felitti discovered that the higher your ACE score, the higher the probability that you'll have a whole slew of health problems that we always kind of knew were connected to a rough childhood. Things like depression, anxiety, smoking, substance abuse, involvement in relationships where there's violence and that kind of thing. Those are pretty well known. But they also found out about a whole universe of problems that we didn't know, we didn't used to know, were connected to childhood trauma. Obesity, diabetes, ADHD, memory problems, heart disease, lung disease, reproductive disorders, cancer, skin problems, gum problems, chronic pain, problems with the nervous system and tissue healing and blood flow and hormones. And like, in what way doesn't childhood PTSD get in there and increase our risk of everything? So without a doubt, every health problem I've had is very, very icy. Autoimmune stuff, migraines, asthma, chronic pain, and a stretch of years in my life where I had more than a dozen major surgeries, following which, for reasons no one knew, I just couldn't heal. Each surgery in that phase, they each left me more damaged than before I had the surgery, and it was a mystery. I had great surgeons. It was not fun. It was totally terrifying. And I think it was after surgery number 12 or 13 that I happened to find out about ACEs and complex PTSD. I was working with someone who worked on ACEs, and then I read a book, and then I met a practitioner who worked with homeless veterans. And one night when I was by myself, I put it all together. I figured out the piece of the puzzle that had always been missing, the part that connected childhood trauma with certain quirks of mine that I thought were personal failings, even though I had done so much work to heal myself for decades at that point, it came together. And I realized I had been suffering all my life with brain and nervous system dysregulation. And I also realized that I had known for years how to re-regulate my brain. There was a writing and meditation technique that a friend had shown me that had pulled me out of the worst depression in my life. And sometimes I'm slow to learn, but I had actually given up the practice after 10 years or so and couldn't figure out why my life and my physical health were spiraling down after that point. And I thought it was because basically I was incompetent. I sucked. And I sucked so much that I didn't know that I sucked. That's a feeling. That's a pretty common CPTSD feeling, actually. So 
I doubled down on the writing and meditating techniques and I started doing them twice a day and I kept going and that is when my real healing began. And if you're part of the crappy childhood fairy community, you know I offer a free online course on how to do it. The links are always below the videos and I offer free calls on Zoom where you can try the techniques with me and ask questions. And like 50,000 people are doing these techniques right now from learning this on my channel. But the point here is after flailing around with childhood PTSD for years, I figured out how to heal and my whole life got better. I got happy, I got healthy, my relationships changed and I remarried and I started a company and this was such a miracle. My medical nightmare transformed. My never ending surgical problem ended and it was two years after the point where they said there was nothing more they could do. Um, you know, I was just going to have to live with this condition and it was a very hard thing to live with. I'll talk about that in another video someday. But I had a lot of pain and a lot of problems and was in and out of the emergency room quite a lot. And one day I noticed that I didn't think it was going on anymore. And I saw my doctor and she first, like, she was like, I don't think we can get your insurance to cover this visit because, you know, it's, it's a known fact. Like you can't heal. This thing is, you're a hopeless case. She didn't use those words. But I said, fine, if I end up having to pay for it, I'll pay for it. But I want you to check. I think it's healed. And um, she checked it out and she said, whoa, it's healed. And so I had to have a surgery to get rid of the devices and workarounds that were supposed to be permanent in my life. And I was restored to normal. But I got it into my mind that maybe I'm not alone. Maybe a lot of people are having health problems related to trauma and maybe they could have dramatic healing too. And maybe we could learn from each other and maybe there'd be doctors and researchers who would totally want to be in on this and figure out why people with trauma are at such an increased risk of somaticizing. That's when trauma is expressed physically. And I do think that's what was going on with me. And we could better learn how to flip the switch into unsomaticizing, which is also what I think happened to me, into neutralizing that toxic influence of trauma and reversing the damage to our bodies. So we'd need doctors on board with this, right? And I started thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if I had a doctor who gets it? Now I had a doctor who I liked really well and I was at a visit and I mentioned to her that I do this website and a YouTube channel called Crappy Childhood Fairy. And I asked if she could point me to the researchers and physicians who are at the cutting edge of this science because maybe I could be part of finding a better way to help people like me, or at least I could get healthcare tailored to the weird kind of AC problems that I tend to get. So with all this enthusiasm and spirit of curiosity, I asked her, who should I talk to? Was there a group or a study for high ACE score people like me? And I'm sorry to tell you, she had no idea what I was talking about. And this was just a couple years ago and I wasn't in some small town. I was at the flagship medical center of a huge health plan where the ACE survey was invented. And my doctor said she'd look into it for me. And after a few weeks, I hadn't heard from her. And so I emailed her to remind her. And here's what she said. She said like, hi, Anna, I don't have any formal additional training in ACE care, but just feel comfortable and confident in my knowledge base of how these ACEs can affect adult health. Okay. And she said, I don't know of any directory of folks within this department with specific interest in this, but I can think of a couple who do work with domestic violence prevention, and that might be helpful. And, and there were a couple of other resources she said within the organization who could give me psychiatric services if needed. Now, just in case that sounds like an okay response to you, it was not an okay response to me. 
It was devastating, in fact. I had shared this incredible miracle with her that I figured out that I healed my brain and physical problems that supposedly couldn't be healed, and my life was changing dramatically, and I wanted to learn more. And apparently, all she heard was domestic violence and psychiatric referral. And I can't tell you how ashamed I felt that I had ever said anything at all. And uh, that is a CPTSD thing too. Just like trying and then giving up and collapsing. But I'm the crappy childhood fairy and I'm all about getting free of pointless shame and becoming my real, true, original self, which is a smart, kind, funny, sometimes cranky, but honorable person and a warrior when it comes to setting right what is wrong with this world, to set it right. So shame is not my thing. I do not have time for it. Now I told you a few of the things I wanted to tell the providers, but I just want to summarize for you, all right? First, don't assume that childhood trauma or ACEs mean the only opportunities to help people are while they are children. Healing is possible for people of all ages. Second, don't assume that because I look poor or that I don't look poor, that this means anything about trauma in my life. Trauma crosses all lines and so does resilience. Third, don't assume that when I'm inarticulate, this means I have nothing to say. And don't assume that when I have a blank expression that I don't care. What it means is I'm dysregulated. Number four, don't assume that when I'm kind of emotionally reactive, that I don't know what I'm talking about. Doctor visits are triggering for a lot of us. And we're getting touched and asked questions and we're getting the kind attention that we have always craved. And that's weird for some of us. You never deserve rude treatment from me or anybody. But if you can, just try to be patient with us. Try to make space for an open conversation. If we open up to you, don't assume that you necessarily have to fix the problem either or give us advice at all. You can just say, I see, I understand. That sounds hard. What are you going to do? All right, the fifth thing is, if you would, please don't ask personal questions that have nothing to do with the care I'm getting. Like when I come with an injured thumb, do you really need to know how many pregnancies versus live births I've had? And six, if my life has hard stuff in it, don't assume the problem is that I just haven't been given the right patient education. I may know the facts perfectly well, but I'm struggling to act in my own best interest because I'm dysregulated, because I'm affected by trauma. So whatever you do, number seven, please don't tell me that it's all just stress and expect me to have some big aha moment and be saved by this information and know what to do about it. Stress-related illness is real illness and while de-stressing would in theory help, it's still a real illness and it's easier said than done. Number 10, don't assume if I'm uninsured and I used to be uninsured for a big portion of my life that you need to tell me what to eat or why I should exercise or what analgesic means. And to be picky, you shouldn't assume that I do know either. Okay, I know I'm putting you in a weird position, but it's nice when you respect my intelligence even while you check my understanding. 11 is I realize some of my self-diagnoses might be wrong. I know that, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to me. Please respect that I've needed to be my own researcher, my own advocate, my own caregiver for practically my whole life and I probably know a thing or two. Number 12, and this is the last one, this is it. It's just thank you. Thank you for being a doctor or a nurse or a medical assistant or a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant or social worker, therapist, psychiatrist, counselor, researcher, analyst, professor, caregiver, 
loving, generous human being. And I, I say all this because I wanted to express what I've just said here all these years, but I was trapped in my childhood PTSD and the frustration was in there, but also the gratitude, what it meant to me that you cared, that you were a solid, caring person with knowledge who helped. And even when you couldn't help, you tried, you tried to help and you cared and you treated me like someone who deserved to be helped and listened to. And a few of you in particular really did that for me. And I thank you. The effects of trauma were a mystery, but now you know, and it's gonna take more study and more awareness. And even though you're so, so busy, more of that healing superpower that you guys are so good at, and we're counting on you. So thank you for getting me through some rough times and for listening and understanding. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.